Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is powered by OK Studios. I'm Jay Brat, a VR YouTuber, streamer, and your host for tonight's podcast. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer who loves VR game design. And we have a very special guest for you tonight, the VR Sim Pro T-Rex. Rex, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure thing, Adam. Thank you. Um, everyone, I'm uh, T-Rex. Um, I've got a YouTube channel that primarily focuses on uh, virtual reality focused around air sim games. So the main content on the channel at the moment is War Thunder. However, I am now moving into IL-2 Stimovic and DCS as well, now that I've upgraded my rig to handle those games in VR. And it's something that I've been doing uh, properly for about 10 months now. The channel is older than that, but um, I started doing it sort of as a full-time gig about 10 months ago, and it's been a lot of fun, and I've enjoyed every moment of it so far. Well, congratulations on moving into a full-time on the channel, and thank you for joining us. That's super awesome. Uh for those of you out there who are listening, our podcast, we're here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our Discord and Patreon communities, followed by some of the latest and greatest VR news. And then we discuss the games we've played recently, and we discuss VR concepts from there. If you haven't already seen our YouTube channel, we're all sitting here together, slapping each other and hanging out, doing weird stuff. Make sure you stop by YouTube and check that out. See us in our lovely virtual faces. Uh, we got some questions tonight, especially focused towards our amazing guest here in the world of VR Sims. So the first one comes from someone unknown on our Discord. They said, hey, sim games are fun, but they take so long to get into. Are there sim games that are more pick up and play? Rex, you got some answers for him here? I definitely do. Um, so yes, sim games take a lot of effort to get into, particularly the two sort of more hardcore ones, which are like DCS and IL-2. Um, the main reason why a lot of my channel content still focuses on War Thunder is I have found that to be very pick-up-and-play. Um, the, the game is progression-based, so unlike with DCS and IL-2, you don't get all the planes out the box when you buy them because you've got to unlock things. But it's a game where there is minimal setup. The learning curve is relatively easy compared to the other two sims, which is why I think out of the three games, it has the highest population of users at the moment. Another good sim game to get into if you're an exclusive VR user is something called VTOL VR. And I don't know if you heard guys a lot about that, that game. I've, I've heard a lot about it and I haven't quite picked it up yet. It it's is... the one where you use your hands to do everything, right? It's yes, all motion controls. Yes, it's, okay. it's, 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 um, it's very unique like that. And it's it a bit weird to get into at first, but that's very pick up and put down because you can literally just fire it up and turn it off again. It's dead easy. That's awesome. You know, I, a lot of people complain about the grind in War Thunder. I think me being one of them. But something <laughs> interesting you bring up is that that's maybe a little bit nice because it's it's almost like a forced tutorial where you start in such simple planes that it forces you to learn controls a little bit out of time as you need them and unlock these new planes. That's something really interesting that I yeah. that I hadn't thought of before. Yeah, no, it's well, definitely uh, um yeah. We'll talk more about it in the game section from for me, I, I got in and it was my absolute first time. So I appreciate your call because I think you're completely right. Uh, we have another question about Sims for Rex here. Well, Adam, what's the other question? So the other question comes from Natty Bratty on our Discord. And she asks, I've seen videos where rally drivers do really well in VR rally games. Does it work the same way for pilots and flight sim games? So from my personal experience, yes. 
um, I, I personally found that it was a lot easier for me to do sim games in VR before I got my VR setup. I ran with a head tracker and that on its own gave me a huge advantage with having no head tracking at all. But the thing that head tracking doesn't give you is depth perception. And when you're in a flight game and you're trying to judge the distance between you and another target, depth perception is everything when it comes to gunnery, especially mm. when you're in like World War II aircraft or biplanes and things like that. When your engagement distance is less than, say, two or 300 meters, you want to know exactly where that enemy is in terms of distance. So you can ju judge where you need to lead your shots. And VR is the best thing for that. It, it Yeah, hands down, it definitely makes it easier. That's awesome. So in a somewhat related question, so do you think that real life pilots coming into some of these sim games are going to be able to have a really easy time getting into it and do really well in flight sim games as opposed to maybe people who don't have that prior flight experience? From a uh, awareness setting and depth perception setting, definitely. Um, I know several pilots personally who are big into sims, particularly uh, DCS. The, the one thing they kind of struggle with is if you're going from like a real world cockpit to being at home with just like a regular joystick setup, maybe mouse and keyboard as well. They got a bit of muscle memory issues they sort of need to get over. But from actually sitting in there and feeling immersed in um, navigation and things like that, it definitely uh, makes it better. Oh, that's that's really interesting to me because like I was kind of wondering the same thing because I've seen I've I've got played some racing games and I watched one video where like they put a professional rally driver who had never been in VR against all these people who had some experience playing and he just destroyed them all in the race. <laughs> yeah. He did yeah. so well. Uh, I might be opening a whole other can asking this, but you just got me interested. You said you had a head tracker before VR. How does that work? Because don't you have to keep looking at the monitor still to uh... see what you're seeing? Yes, so the head tracker I used is, you know, the main one that a lot of people use was Track IR, but before that I had an older one which was discontinued. Basically, head tracking accelerates your head movement. So you can move oh, your head like oh. five degrees here, but in the game it will move it like 45 degrees. So you can oh. still keep your eyeballs looking at the screen, but still get that peripheral look around. And you can choose, like, if you look a bit to the right, it'll look a bit to the right in game, but if you look a bit further to the right, you could be like an owl. And like completely look over your, look over your shoulder um so that's how it works it basically accelerates your head movements and you can adjust the curve for that in game so you know you you can have it custom to your needs basically that is i've never heard I've, i'm not much into the sim world like outside of vr so i'd never heard of that but that's probably something that a lot of people want to trade that in for a vr headset because it's just so much more natural than having this sudden turn uh, yes. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely the yeah. gateway drug for a lot of people to go to head tracking and then fully into VR. <laughs> wow. And it's, it's also good for people that maybe don't have the budget for VR as well. Um, I think that's where a lot of its popularity comes from. I think over the next five to 10 years, that might shift more towards VR as it obviously becomes more and more mainstream. There's so much I'm just so curious about this world and I feel like we're getting a little bogged down here so maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll move into the next but I've got so many more questions that I want to ask so we'll we'll get to that point a little later here right Adam <laughs> Yeah and, and once once we get a little bit more into the flight sim games itself we'll be able to dig into use uh in, into what you want to get into but as always great questions from our community and Jay I suppose <laughs> <laughs> Uh so what's going on in news this week Jay 
Uh, well, there's something pretty crazy going on in the world of Vario. For people out there who haven't heard of Vario or don't recognize that, if you've ever seen it on paper, you probably thought it was Varjo. It's V-A-R-J-O. Uh, they're a high-end headset maker. They recently launched a headset called the XR3, and these are headsets that they're calling them XR because they're trying to make extended reality, mixed reality. They're trying to get outside of just the virtual reality. Well, they announced a new cloud-based platform for people who are wearing the headset this headset, they're, they're saying it makes real-life teleportation possible because what it does is it scans the entire room around you with a 3D scanner, recreates the actual room in virtual reality, and then you can invite someone essentially into your own living room with you in real time that it's scanning and be there together. Look at things in the room together, and they're, they're using uh, what they're calling a photorealistic display that can actually be very convincing that the person is here with you. And this is all through the power of the cloud, cloud-based computing. And then, and this thing isn't even that far out. Like it's, it's already going to be starting to test this here soon with environments for the actual headset owners. And eventually this will roll out to every screen, every headset. This is some crazy news. Uh, Vario's headsets are not cheap. Uh, they they sell them to people for like fifty five hundred dollars, and there's oh, a subscription oh. and stuff. <laughs> I'm going to have is, a heart attack there. <laughs> this is not home VR yet, but this shows an amazing future. What do you think? Do you think they're allowed to call this real life teleportation? Because they're calling it that. I mean, it's not transporting you, but it's basically bringing someone else's surroundings to you. Is that teleportation? So I, I mean, that's an interesting question. So in this mm. sort of teleportation, uh gimmick that they got going on which already tells you how how i feel about it <laughs> um you both put on vr headsets and then you can see the other person in the room with you yeah i you know i i feel like we're doing that already in vr chat and it's not costing me fifty five hundred dollars right <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's a good point yeah it's, and so it, it's mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know what's going to happen or where it's going to go but it's definitely interesting because it's like okay this this does have a lot of places where it makes sense, you know, think about an interior decorator that can travel anywhere in the world suddenly and help you change things in your house. And you can still pay this high end decorator and not have to fly them out there. Businesses that are doing things with design and architecture, but like for actual home use, I don't know. I, I think it would be cool to have someone come sit in my living room and watch the Super Bowl on my actual TV or something, but it, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gotta reach a more consumer friendly price before it would, before anyone would actually start jumping at this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What what do you think, Rex? Is this something that intrigues you? Look, that really does intrigue me. Like, I, I think, like, instead of calling it, like, teleportation, I'd say it's, like, a mix between reprojection and something else. But the the, the concept is really exciting. Um, the price tag is equally terrifying. Like, you know, that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's a top-of-the-line gaming rig for the price of a VR headset at the moment. But, you know, I mean, that's now. Give it another few years i mean the amount that vr headsets have dropped like in price in the past five years already and the amount that the amount of improvement we've seen in the past five to ten years so i i'd say you know yeah it's steep at the moment but if they if they work on it and they keep building on that tech that could that could be a real big thing for the future definitely yeah, it's cool. And also something to keep in mind, too. It's not just the headset, but like to even buy something with this kind of sophisticated 3D environment tracking. I don't mm. know, but I would guess that cost you quite a bit. So some people might be buying this for the 3D environmental tracking and then getting yeah. the headset out of it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the video is pretty cool. If you haven't seen it, check it out on YouTube. They they take you through all this exciting talk of where the company's gone, where they've been, and where they're planning to take it. And it is very interesting to see their vision, but it's definitely one of those things that they're like, you know, it's still in the works, it's still coming. And it's uh I don't I don't know if they'll be the company that that tries to bring this to the mainstream at some point, but I think as more headsets kind of find the way to do this and Oculus quest already has cameras all over it, you know, how far off is that ability to start doing the same thing? Maybe we'll start to see more of this next year that at least makes a rough estimation of your room and then recreates it in VR because that could be pretty cool still. Yeah. You sort of hit this limit where if you want to, you get pretty good for pretty cheap. And then for every time you want to get a little bit better, it gets increasingly more expensive. And that's what happened here. They're like, I don't care about price. I just want to make this as best as I can get it. So even if Oculus Quest is kind of getting there, uh, Vario decided to go way out there and the price reflects that for maybe incrementally better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's intriguing, and we'll, we'll be following it more. We'll update you as more comes out. And, uh, I mean, if anyone can ever get their hands on one of these and see it, I would love to see, because they're saying they already have photorealistic objects with lighting and everything, and it's, like, convincing oh, wow. to see it in this headset. I, I'm a little unconvinced there, but if that's true, man, I, I would be, I would love to get to test this and see it because that'd be so cool to be like, is this table real? You know, cause this table right here, this doesn't look real at all. This is, <laughs> this is obviously we're in a virtual world. Yes. Uh, For our Adam, audio only listeners, we're totally just like slapping the table in front of us. <laughs> yeah. And it looks pixelated and it looks fake. Like this environment we're in right now is beautiful, but this table does not look real to me at all. Uh, Adam, there's some other stuff going on this week in the news. What, what, what's going on? There is. So last week we were talking about how Facebook is introducing ads into VR games. Big surprise. Now, quick question. T, were you able to, have you heard about this where Facebook is starting to introduce ads into Oculus games all over the place? Yes. So I've had, um, I had some people mention to me on discord, um, a couple of weeks ago, if I'd heard about it, and at the time I had, I'd, I'd heard of it really briefly, but I hadn't really read in anything into it. But since then, I've done a done a bit of reading, and um, yeah, there's been there's been a bit of backlash over that from what I can. There's see. been quite a big a bit of backlash, <laughs> yeah. and there was only one game called Blaston that was going to prototype this, and the insane backlash that T is talking about, and review bombing from the community the game completely backed out of it and said, nope, <laughs> we're not testing the ads. So currently <laughs> Facebook is unrolling this ad program and there's no games out there that's receiving it. So it seems to be a little bit on, of on standby. Now, if you go and listen to our podcast last week, Jay and I, may, maybe I'm lucky, I am think that we missed a lot of the backlash, but we maybe didn't hate the idea of ads and games as much as everyone else thought. But it's really sad to see that the one game that was prototyping this just to get review bombed this hard. It shows what people feel about it and how angry they are. And I, I mentioned it last week, too. This might be a lot of people that heard there's going to be ads and they didn't look into what did the ads really mean? Because like we were saying, and if you saw this, Rex, it was like ads like right now we're sitting out in this beach world. There might be like a billboard over there or something that you could walk right past and not even notice. It was supposed to be non-obtrusive ads like that. 
but people yeah. hear ads and they're imagining, you know, a pop up in your face that you're trying to virtually <laughs> press the tiniest X ever or something in your face. It wasn't supposed to yeah. be like, like the door to door salesman, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> he shows up. Some, some guy taps you on the shoulder in VR chat. I'd like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty real quick. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's yeah. amazing that Blast and Blast and whatever it is, they already pulled out. And uh, I'm not that surprised because when it's like one game and they get singled out by this many people, it's scary. You know, yeah. they're like, this game's going to be dead on arrival if we try and do this. I do worry the damage may already be done, though. And the money from the ads might have helped. because people, <laughs> people still might not get the game now just because yeah. they heard it was going to have it. So I don't know. What, what do you think? Rex, do you think did you you said you read into it more? Did, were you that worried about these ads? Yeah, look, I, I honestly am worried about ads coming to VR games, and you know they say they're not obtrusive ads. If they can stick to that and literally have it as just something on a billboard somewhere that is not obtrusive, it doesn't stick out. Like the colors don't contrast stupidly with the rest of the game. That's borderline acceptable if it's like a cheap game or a free game and things like that. But but anything beyond that, and I think that's what people are afraid of. They're afraid of it snowballing. They're afraid of the ads getting more intrusive. You know, we've seen it with platforms like Facebook, YouTube, etc. You know, that people are people are saying, you know, where is the evidence that this is going to be any different than what we've seen before? Um, which is why I think the backlash is so bad. And you know, if if they start putting on these games it's going to start setting a precedence for ads in other games and you know when you've got some games that are retailing at least where i live for over a hundred dollars for like a triple a title um Oof. you know uh people don't want to see ads on stuff they've paid a hundred dollars for you know understandably yeah. yeah there definitely should be a line of like if the game's free ads could be okay but if you if the game's paid that was the crazy thing was it was going to be in paid games, but yeah. yeah, I definitely see where paid games that you shouldn't be paying to see more ads. So, yeah. But will Facebook continue to try and roll out ads to games that will continue to be review bombed? You'll hear it here first if we find out. <laughs> <laughs> of course they will. It's Facebook. They'll, they'll just start launching their own games if they have to with this. They keep buying all these game studios. So I know. I'm surprised choice. that they didn't roll ads to those games. Like, why didn't they just roll it all across like 10 games all at the same time? And that way, just the single game blast and they just sacrificed to the community. You know? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that was the experiment. That Facebook was, the, is like, that was the experiment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't yeah. they didn't want to crash Beat Saber by adding ads, right? It's like, yeah. oh, this blasting game, there are only like three developers. Let's just, you know, <laughs> put them on the altar of the anti-ad group. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Uh well, you know what? I, I said this earlier in the podcast, and uh I got into War Thunder for the first time I've ever been in it. I've only spent maybe maybe an hour and a half in it. Rex, how many hours do you think you've spent now in War Thunder? Uh, so I switched over to Steam uh, uh-huh. in in 2018. I got the game in 2017, but on Steam I've put in nearly 26, 2700 hours in the game. Ooh. Wow. Um, it is a big commitment. Like I I play other games, but you know for the longest time it has been my favorite game just because I'm I'm a big history nerd. Like I love history, Cold War history, World War history. And so, you know, to have all those unique vehicles in the game was a big attracting factor to me. And um, the different game modes in the game, a lot of it is very pick up and put down. So, you know, I chuck in a couple of hours here in the morning, a couple of hours in the afternoon after work, you know, and that, and that snowballs pretty quickly, especially when you've got lots of friends that want to play with you. Well, and uh, Rex, War Thunder is currently free if you haven't heard of it. If if someone were who had never heard of it ask you, what is War Thunder? How would you explain it to them? What, what's it all about? 
Honestly, I would say, well, when people have asked me before, I'm basically saying it's a it's a free-to-play game where you basically get to fly, drive, or sail military vehicles and blow other people up. <laughs> in a, in a, in a, in a, that in a is, nutshell. That is a great quick yeah. nutshell, because it's true. What else do you need in a game, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? It's only lacking infantry, really, as far yeah. as a war simulator. That's the only thing yeah. it doesn't seem to have. Uh, that is correct. Well, I spent my first time in it and I got to say what you were saying earlier, I was surprised. It was pretty user-friendly. I sadly, I didn't have my HOTAS, so I played with a mouse and keyboard with a VR headset on. And mm-hmm. I was pretty shocked, actually, at how good it was even that way. Because the yeah. mouse tracked the direction I wanted to go. The planes were actually pretty easy to fly. The only hard part was if there was an occasional button I had to try and find on my keyboard, I couldn't see it because I was in VR. Yeah. But even without a HOTAS, if you're not, you know, you're at home right now, you've got your PC VR, you've got your PC, you can still try War Thunder for free, jump in, fly some planes, and it's actually a playable game. Uh, Adam, you've played it more than I have, haven't you? I've played it a lot more than you have and a lot less than Rex over here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, War Thunder is is a really awesome game. Um, I especially like the air sim modes where... You just really feel like you're in the cockpit of all of these different planes. And it's so cool to be able to not just pick it up and play it, but it really has this depth to it where you can learn to master each plane because it handles differently. It has its own strengths and weaknesses. And so it is a game that you can really get lost into for a while. Um, and for a free-to-play title, it's really good. So I'm I'm a really big fan of the game. But it definitely has... Um, it's pros and cons, and we've talked about that in comparison to some other sim games that are out there on the market. Uh, Rex, you mentioned other games like IL-2 and DCS as yeah. other really popular simulator games. How do you think War Thunder compares, or uh, what would you recommend for maybe a person jumping into the game and jumping into the flight sim world? Yeah, look, that's a really good question. It's a question I get asked a lot, and I and people say, you know, if I've never gotten into a flight sim before, what should I do? And I say, honestly, look, if you, if you haven't ever done much flight simming, War Thunder is a good option for the beginner. One, it's free. Um, and two, be free. <laughs> two, out of the three, it is the least resource intensive in terms of a game, especially in VR. Um, the VR implementation in War Thunder is still the best out of the three sort of big flight sim games. Um, you, you can get the most frames out of it. You can get the best performance and you have to do the least technical witchcraft to get the game stable for long periods of, of time the the only the only drawback if you're new to sims compared to other games is you you do pick war thunder but then you would need to unlock certain aircraft if you want to fly certain things whereas if you bought il2 you know the base game comes with a bunch of aircraft you can fly out in single player or multiplayer straight away and you can buy the dlc for other stuff and DCS comes with two free planes. It comes with the gunless P-51 Mustang, and it comes with a Su-25. And you can, of course, buy your modules in DCS, and, you know, you don't need to grind to unlock anything. It's just there, ready to play, you know. I, I'm I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I've only played War Thunder. I want to get myself a HOTAS before I kind of experiment with any of these others. But I'm not a big simmer. I just like a game that I can kind of jump in, play with some friends, have some fun. Am I going to have fun in any of these other games, or do I need to stick to War Thunder? So, provided you find some people to to fly with, you're going to have fun in all of them. 
Um, okay. Sims can be great so- solo. I-, I fly Sims solo, but it's always more fun with friends because one, you can just mess around and have a good time, but also you're going to do better when you're flying with people because you, you've got somebody watching your back. You can call out, spot enemies and do things, communicate. Um, it's definitely 10 times more entertaining playing it with other people than solo, in my honest opinion. And you can also shoot at them if you get bored, right? Because there's something in yes. the sky. Do yes. many Sims actually have friendly fire or do they all? Is that like a thing? It's all friendly. Yeah, friendly fire oh, is gosh. in all of them. Um, I better so you got to be, you got to be very careful. And as long as, you know, if it's an honest mistake, you just apologize and chat. And, you know, nine out of 10 people are dead chill with it. You know, mistakes happen. <laughs> but, um, not, I mean, that being said, if you've got a jet that's got IFF and you still fire on a friendly, that's on you. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh Adam, what what other questions do you have here? I know you're a lot more into Sims than I am. Uh what do you want to know? Well, so one of the big things is ever since I got my VR headset and started playing War Thunder with that, it was a night and day experience, right? It, it mm-hmm. was just so incredible actually feeling like I'm in the cockpit for the experience, but also feeling like I was performing better. I could track the enemies flying around me a little bit better. Do you think that the entire sim community is kind of switching to VR just because there, there's a little bit of an advantage with that. Uh, it's definitely heading that way. And out of the people that I've spoken to, I would say 80% of them after doing VR said that they basically can't play it in any other way. Wow. Because of that, because of that night and day difference, because of the, the, the clarity you get, the depth perception, the ability to track your targets. Um, you know, the, they, the, the graphics might look prettier on a big, you know, 4K monitor and everything, but in terms of sheer immersion and enjoyment, like for most people, it's, it's, it's VR or nothing once they've tried it. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that way because for me personally, not even being into Sims, I actually like playing, I call them cockpit games because I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. I actually enjoyed it. I got a joystick. I got a racing wheel. Games that I normally would have never played non-VR, I just had to try it and I had to experience it. And it's so cool. It's so much better because I feel like, you know, normally when you're on one screen, especially, it's a small window. I can't see anybody. But in VR, I'm playing Rogue Squad or something. I can turn my head and I can see where the targets are going. I can follow them if I'm using a HOTAS directly where they're going. And it's such a better experience. Uh, but like the VR versus flat gaming world, is there anyone in Sims that kind of like has this huge animosity towards VR? Because we get a lot of that in the flat gaming industry. Like, oh, VR is <laughs> terrible. It's it's not the future. It's never going to work. Is there any of that in the Sim community? There, there, there are like parts of the Sim community that are like, you know, um, particularly with like, I would say, I think it's the most prevalent I have found in IL-2 and War Thunder. Not so much in DCS, because DCS modern combat is more systems reliant rather than straight up pilot reliant. But for prop sims, you know, there is a bit of animosity to VR players because you do get such a huge advantage. Uh Um, But that animosity is in the minority. It's, It's a vocal minority and it's definitely a shrinking minority. Good. <laughs> um, we our, our counter argument, particularly in IL two in VR, is yeah. Look, we get situational awareness, but if we have got a, just a regular VR headset and not like an insane Pmax or something, our visual identification is trash because of the resolution. Um, the way IL two renders in objects um, makes it unless you're essentially on top of the plane, it's very difficult to tell what you're chasing. Mm. Um, so you'll be engaging. You know, by the time 
you're at a range where you can engage with the target, half the time you're still trying to ID said target unless you're very used to the game. So that's kind of the trade-off is you, <laughs> you you get the immersion and the depth perception, but you lose the clarity because of the resolution of current headsets. That's that's I I kind of that's interesting because it's like their animosity is not like the flat gaming where they just don't want to change or they they just hate VR, but it's kind of like it's because there's an advantage in a game yes. they clearly like. That's that's interesting to me because I'd never heard that, and I always mm-hmm. have this like this struggle with people who are really into flat gaming that don't even want to try VR. I'm like, yep. why do you not want to at least try it? If you want to <laughs> talk crap about, it, say it sucks, that's fine with me, but try it first and, and have a good reason to say that. I think the reason is they know if they actually try it, they're, they're going to change their mind. So they won't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in your honest opinion, do you think that VR headsets really do have an advantage in these flight sims? Yes, I would say, <laughs> I would say, I would say, well, question answered. Yes. I guess we can wrap up, right? <laughs> Just straight yes. <laughs> I would say yes, but with a couple of caveats. But overall, you're probably going to perform better with, I would say, with time, actually, with time. Like, so say if you only get to use VR for two days versus a flat screen with two days, that might not be enough for the advantage to kick in. But to say if you have a year at both, then it's swings in vr's favor big time oh that's really interesting here's another question that kind of based on that one so if someone had played one of these games like for a year put in tons of hours only flat are they going to still be better their first time in vr are they actually going to backtrack a little and have to relearn so i can answer that because i was flat screen simming for about 10 years before i switched over to vr Um, wow so yeah um and overall uh, the the one thing I had to relearn, and basically the only thing I had to relearn was aiming with the guns. Because you're in a 3D environment, your head's moving around a bit, you, you don't always... You've got to sort of consider your angle which you're looking at the crosshair a bit differently, and the way you're leading your shots is a bit differently. Eventually, your accuracy with VR will be better than usually when you've got a flat screen, because you can peek over the nose of the plane and look around and see things a bit differently. But for the first month, or two, I would say my accuracy with guns was worse than when I had the oh, flat wow. screen, like by a significant margin until I relearned <laughs> it, and then it was just miles better. That's interesting. Cause that's never that's something I wouldn't have thought of is the fact yeah. that all of a sudden you're you're looking a little differently, which is kind of the same for like shooters. When people get in, they mm-hmm. don't realize I actually have to line this shot. It's not <laughs> like Call of Duty somewhere. Yeah. It's always just the center of the screen. Yeah, Great just aim out. your screen towards them and fire. No, you you really got to like <laughs> move your hands around and line up the crosshairs. And yeah, I I had a, a similar experience where it's exactly the same thing where, you know, a sim is a shooter in a sense where you're flying around, you're just, your movement is different. You flying around, you line up the enemy in the center of the screen and you open fire. And in VR, it's so much different and a lot more fun once you get used to it though, because you can like, peek over the nose you were playing to try and see where they're coming from and have to move back real quick to try and line them up in your sights. It's a blast. That's exactly it. Well, that's awesome. I, I enjoyed my time in War Thunder, but I kind of want to like, I kind of want to get in a game where I don't have to put in all the hours to earn the planes and have some more modern planes and tanks and stuff. What game should I go to next? So define modern, like are you talking like uh, like jets? 
Like, like I want a jet that can have jet. a lock-on missile instead of having to fire a machine gun ahead of a plane. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I want something yeah. a little easier. I guess in that in that kind of modern respect. Oh, you're that. in for a world of surprise when you say it's easier. <laughs> so he, he's got two options. So if you want it easier with modern jets and still have VR capability, Project Wingman is a fun game. Oh, uh, that came out. I think it was like a year or so ago. It's kind of like Ace Combat but VR. It okay. is quite arcade, oh, wow. so you do lose some of the realism, but it does have some really fun VR performance. It, it's like Star Wars Squadrons, but uh, for yes. jets. So it's a bit arcadey okay. and everything. If you want the realism as well, DCS, hands down. There is a big learning curve with DCS because you've got one-to-one, full-fidelity planes. You can touch all the switches and do stuff with it. Um, you don't need to touch all those switches all the time, once you figure out which ones you can just ignore for most of the time. Um, and then that that's a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, you can do that single player or multiplayer. Some servers are more hardcore than others, so you can find some casual servers where there's a lot of shortcuts you can take to just get into the fight, get into the action. So um, if you're looking for something a bit more arcadey, Project Wingman. If not, DCS. It definitely sounds like from your description, Project Wingman is more up my alley. <laughs> uh what headset do you use? Because when you're talking about that, having to be all the switches are interactable, I'm guessing you have to have good finger tracking to touch them, right? Uh, I have a just a, a Rift S, and I just um, it's just a point and and press thing with the trigger. Or, and that works pretty well. You don't hit you the wrong use, switch. Um, well, I don't even use the I don't even use the hand controls because my hands are on a Hotas. What I do is these oh. these um these controllers. Are covered in dust. I barely play games where I use controllers. <laughs> so usually these are these are unplugged. The battery's off. Oculus is yelling at me all the time, but I don't care. And I use the mouse to click things in the cockpit. Oh wow! And it's and it's a lot less distracting because if I use this and it's sitting on my lap in the plane, there'll be a pointer somewhere in the cockpit from where the <laughs> finger's pointing. So that gets really annoying. So I just use the mouse. Um, and thankfully, DCS has got a really handy zoom function for VR users because. You know, the Rift S doesn't have the best resolution compared to the new modern headsets, so some of the things are a little bit hard to read, so I can just zoom in and make sure that I'm not pressing the wrong button. Oh, wow. That's... And, and when you say pressing the wrong button, if you've ever seen, like, a modern military cockpit, and this yeah. is... <laughs> I, I tried out DCS for a couple minutes, and I got in, like, a single... It, it was some, like, small Russian plane or whatever that they used to train you. And my entire, like, lower half of my vision was just thousands of little knobs and switches and dials and buttons. <laughs> oh, gosh. That is correct. <laughs> that's that's really cool. I'm a little interested in hearing a little more about VTOL because people keep saying, like, check that one out. Is that is that kind of the same thing? Is there tons of switches you're touching with your fingers or is it a little more simplified for someone it, like me? It depends on what you're flying. I'll be honest. I've only clocked a couple of hours in VTOL. Um, and I not even on my own account, on a friend's account, when I went over to try out a, uh, a G2, a Reverb G2. But um, the the planes that I did use, you could interact with buttons and stuff, but it was nowhere near as complex as DCS. Like, you know, that it's it's a much simplified version. So, you know, if you're a more of a casual VR user, again, that's something you would probably like, um, as opposed to like a full hardcore flight sim like what DCS is. Well, I enjoyed Ultra Wings, if you've ever played that. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> and, and I felt pretty cool, you know, flipping the gas switch on, having to do it before I yep. could start the plane. I was like, man, I can fly a real plane now after mm-hmm. playing some Ultra Wings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good game, though. 
Uh, Adam, you're, what other what other questions do we have that the people want to know here for Rex? I know you've been doing YouTube. You said quite a while, uh, and you're focused around War Thunder. Adam, what 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 can we tell our listeners that will help them know what they want to do if they want to look for more info in the VR world? In terms of flight sims for VR, or just in the VR world itself? Flight sims, whatever, whatever Rex here is an expert on can tell more. I don't know that much about sims, so I feel like I'm I'm running out of questions and things. And I'm going to start <laughs> asking the dumb questions, so I'm just trying to hand it over to you. Well, honestly, <laughs> one of the things that I that I want to go to is uh, Rex. Where can we find your content? So, um, yeah, YouTube basically. Um, I stream on Twitch once every full moon basically so i don't do much <laughs> twitch streaming nice um streaming in vr is quite a pain because you you know you, you can't read the chat in a flight sim so you've got to set up like a robot to talk to you and stuff so it's mostly youtube content for now um usually if you just search in the search bar war thunder sim or war thunder sim vr a bunch of my videos will pop up um I don't have much content for the other Sims yet, but um, there are quite a few content creators out there. There's actually a really big, big following for uh, flight Sims and like military Sims like armor and things like that on, on YouTube. You don't really know it until you stumble across it. And then you find all of these content creators that are doing <laughs> it and you're like, wow, this community is massive. You know, um, a big name for it. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's called Operator Drewski. He's got over a million subscribers. He does Armor 3. He does a lot of DCS as well. Um, so his videos are really interesting. If, you, if you're looking at wondering, oh, you know, should I buy this jet in DCS? Maybe check out one of his videos. And there's um, there's quite a few instructional YouTube channels out there that tell you how to play the, the games. And that's sort of how I started picking up a following in War Thunder is nobody was making sim tutorials. Oh. And when I first learned Sim and War Thunder, I was really frustrated by that. All the Sim tutorials were ancient and outdated and nothing was rele- relevant anymore. So once I got experienced, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make some tutorials for it. And that's kind of how the channel initially took off. That's that's awesome. Because I was trying to like look up some stuff and get ready and learn more about this. And I can't tell you how many videos I tried to find, like them putting a real <laughs> pilot in a Sim to see how he reacted to it. And there's like this one guy who keeps, I guess he used to be a pilot and he like titles all his videos. Pilot reacts to, and it, it just <laughs> wasn't the video I was looking for. So that might be another niche in that, in that field that if you can like interview some people who have been pilots who have never been in VR, mm. I think that would be something that would attract a lot of people. Cause it's something that I was curious about, but I couldn't really find what I was looking for there. Uh, that's really cool. YouTube's your main spot little bit of twitch anywhere else do you have instagram twitter any of that stuff we should be looking discord uh i have discord um and and that's pretty much it um i'll probably expand it as as the channel grows but at the moment um youtube and discord is where it's at when i stream on twitch it's more so just casually when i'm online with like a bunch of mates and we just want people to laugh at our stupidity Um, (laughs) but uh yeah the discord's um where it's at at the moment a lot of people go on there with sim questions and we've got quite a few veteran players on there that are good at answering the questions when i'm asleep because a lot of them are on the european and american time zones and you know being in australia i'm usually in bed when people are getting <laughs> online asking questions so um yeah at the moment discord's my main home i might look at eventually setting up you know like a twitter feed or something like that as well but at the moment there's real there's no real drive or need for that yet I hear you on that one. I have a Twitter and I never know what I'm doing on there. <laughs> uh, well, of course, we're going to make sure if you're listening to this podcast, if you're watching YouTube, we're going to have all the links we can so you can find out more, get more T-Rex in your life 
and learn more about these. Adam, what what have you got over there? I'm sorry, I totally spaced just for about 10 <laughs> seconds there. You know, sometimes just when Jay talks is like my mind just goes blank. I'm like, why Why am I still listening to him? I'm totally kidding. Everyone should be listening to him. He's a fantastic host for us. Could you totally repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just saying uh, we'll make sure everything is in there for people to find Rex on all of our channels. 100%. And, uh, Rex, T-Rex, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been It's been fantastic having you with us. Oh, thank you. And thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's been a blast and it's, it's nice to talk with some fellow VR enthusiasts. <laughs> now, again, please go check out T-Rex. He has incredible YouTube content that is how I got introduced to him and I would watch all of his videos for War Thunder myself. <laughs> go join him on his Discord if you're having any problems with War Thunder or any other flight sims out there. Um, and if you're enjoying our content, please feel free to join us on our Discord. We have a great community there as well. You can come and ask us questions that will be answered in our podcasts, um, as well as interact with all sorts of various VR enthusiasts in the community. Um, if you're listening to us, come check us out on YouTube. We're here in all of our virtual glory and you know making rude gestures at each other and everything. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to Check out our audio content on every podcast platform that exists. Listen to us on your way to work and on your commute. Um, and thank Most you so much for part. listening. <laughs> yep. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, when it comes to VR, you have to dive on. Dive on in. Dive on in.